Well, hello, and welcome to The Insecurity Project. I'm your host, Jamin Fraser, and I am on a mission to end the unnecessary suffering caused by the fear of not being good enough. We've all got it. We've all got to work through it. But thankfully, there is a clear, intelligent, and complete solution to the insecurity problem, and that is what this project is all about. Hope you enjoyed today's program. Hey friends, you're on the Insecurity Project with Jamin. I have as my guest today, Bryce Holdaway, the one and only. He's the co-host of The Property Couch. He's the co-host of ABC's Escape from the City. He's the co-host of Foxtel's Location, Location, Location Australia. Uh, and author of Make Money Simple Again, which I've got a copy of here. Uh, what's the first book called? Mate, The Armchair Guide to Property Investing, okay. How to Retire on $2,000 a Week. I really blew it there. I was on a roll and then I forgot the, uh, where it all began. Um, you know, Bryce is definitely respected as one of the leading experts in not only property but finance in the country. And uh, it's just a real treat to be able to have you and, and be able to pick your brain about this subject of the interaction between money and insecurity. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much for being willing to come on the show and add some value and wisdom. Thanks for having me, mate. I'm excited to uh, to chat to you because our, our our two worlds colliding, I think, is um is a really exciting space because uh, you know I, I get to deal with the mechanics of money and finance every day, and you get to, to sort of deal with um, how people uh, get on track and derail every day. So you know mm-hmm. that happens a lot. You, you see that a lot when it comes to money. So I'm excited to um, see what we can collaborate on to uh, see how we can help your audience. Yeah, beautiful. So, I mean, my stated intention with the Insecurity Project is to end the unnecessary suffering caused by this unresolved fear of not being good enough. And I think one of the biggest areas this suffering shows up is in money. And it it almost impacts every single facet of life. And uh, so many people are in financial stress. And I was reading some interesting stats. You probably know them better than I do about, uh, you know, the... The correlation or, or the the level of financial stress can be equal to any level of physical stress and injury it's a very significant not only psychological but physical experience to be under financial duress and suffering so um obviously you're the expert when it comes to thinking about money and improving your money situation but as we'll explore in this conversation, you know, there's a bunch of stuff behind the scenes impacting a person's ability to improve their their financial situation, um, not just the mechanics of money, but the the way that they show up in their, in their relationship with money. So I think we can have a really useful conversation that people will find very relevant and be able to apply. So... Um, so I'm interested in your your take on this. Like your your money smart system in your book is, it's great. It works. It's effective. Uh, it's not complicated. You've road tested it over the years, and you know that it works. But I'm sure you experience lots of people who understand the mechanics, um, but still get tripped up in the mindset and some stuff that they can't even see about their own relationship with money. What's what's been your experience with people? Who, who still struggle to implement, even though it's so simple. Yeah, well, um, the, the basic premise that I've, that I've, after doing this for 20 plus years and observing uh, people implement something and then derail is, is really simply that money is simple and behavior is hard. Um, 
because the, the the money smart system you referred to is mate it's really really straightforward uh, it takes you 10 minutes a month to monitor it takes you not very long to set up and it really is one offset account one credit card one debit card and that is it and it helps you not unconsciously overspend ever again so you'd think that everyone would do it and implement it but the the fact that um uh, the implementing is not enough is is really is really what the challenge is and that's what i'm seeing sort of every day because um if anyone reads the book or if anyone um, understands the model uh, it, it certainly isn't rocket science it doesn't prove that we are phd level knowledge but what it does show is that not enough people are doing it we're not actually taught any system but if you do follow it you get in your own way and um you know as you know i'm very much a, a student uh, of of your teaching so the, the, the fact that we have to um, uh, fulfill our core needs, uh, either resourcefully or unresourcefully, I see it being done unresourcefully all the time in the space of money. And I think that uh, that's, that's why behavior is hard because the money stuff is super, super straightforward. Mm, yeah, well, that's really interesting. Um, you know, madness is a word that I, I like. It's a very strong word, but I think it's, uh, it's a, the only word strong enough to describe what shows up for people in terms of behavior and the hard behavior stuff because it's against all better judgment or rational thinking or logic that people still find a way to trip themselves up self-sabotage and not implement the stuff they know is going to improve their situation so i think it's it's definitely worthy of exploring what is that about like what is happening behind the scenes in a person's mind, in their story, in their beliefs about themselves, that would cause them to uh, not do the things they want to do, not do the things they know are going to work. So, um, yeah. So let, let's let's explore this idea of why it is that people can't, won't, don't implement the stuff. Because I'm, I'm sure people like observe themselves and just go, yeah, it is actually so frustrating. I said this was going to be the year last year that I was going to get my money stuff sorted and here I am again, still suffering. Um, well, you, well, Jamin, you're a married man, so you, you, you'll know this and anyone who's um, you know got uh, a relationship of any sort, they realise that two worlds are colliding and they're coming together. So when I married my wife, you know, what I, what I thought was normal in um, how you would raise children, how you would get married, how you would live. In in some cases there was alignment, in other cases there was like, well, she's like, no, that's not normal. This is normal, and it might have been the exact opposite or whatever. So, I think that um, really, uh, you know, applying that to money. When you were growing up, if you if you um, picked up a coin and put it in your mouth, and your parents ran over to you and said, ah don't do that money's dirty or if you grew up in a an environment um you know in a lot of religious circles where money was uh, very much seen as as being evil or if you grew up in a in a household where abundance was the norm and um so so the idea of money flowing into you is is straightforward if you're on the opposite end of the scale where you grew up in um, there was never enough. You lived in a scarcity mentality. All those sorts of um, programming um, set up your beliefs, and they really um, they really come into play, particularly all areas of life, particularly when it comes to money. Because we we always sign off on our podcast, knowledge is empowering, but only if you act on it. Mm. And 
um, that's designed to get people to um, move from their inertia from doing nothing to doing something. But it actually is still missing um, a, a really relevant piece because knowledge plus action plus healthy, positive beliefs are really what you set up for success. Because I've seen on many occasions, people, they acquire the knowledge and then they actually um, take the action. But because they've got negative beliefs around it, that that's that derails and therefore they usually end up going back to where they started because they rise and fall to the level um, of of their heart which really um, forms around what beliefs they have around everything but in this case we're chatting about around money yeah that's such a great way of describing it and um, you might have heard me tell the story before i tell it frequently but it was that exact experience for me growing up seeing no examples of rich people and good people and so the messaging and the modelling was that you can't be rich and godly. You can't be a good person and a rich person. So uh, that was this unconscious agreement that I decided was true, that no matter how much, um, how many systems I followed, how much action I took, how much knowledge I developed around money, that was this handbrake thing that kept getting in the way, kept derailing any sense of uh, financial gain because, it, in, in effect, it was dangerous to get more money. Unconsciously, I'd linked money with being bad. And so my unconscious, because it loves me and it's looking out for me, is keeping me safe from danger, says, well, yeah, you can learn as much as you like about money, but you're not going to get any more because then you'll leave your wife, you'll become a bastard, you'll, you know, you'll be rude and mean and unkind and selfish and that's not going to be good for anyone. So no to money. You must see that stuff all yeah. the time with people trying so hard to, get in the property game and tidy up their money. I do. I do a lot, mate. And I think the, 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 the little signal for anyone who's listening to this is if you're trying too hard and it feels like you're going against the grain just to do um, some basic tidy up, it, it means you have a belief system, an underlying belief that you need to um, rebuild because something, something, and as you say, quite often it's subconscious, so we really need to, to dig deep. But um, we need to identify it then we need to weaken it and then we need to change it. And the weakening is, is largely around. So for example, for me, um, I grew up in a household where um, work equaled worth, right? So it's very difficult for me um, in the early days. It's taken a little while for me to break down the belief. Um, I have a business. Um, the business pays me a dividend. Um, by nature, that dividend is um, the business going to work to earn the money rather than me going to work to earn the money. But I saw my dad work long hours. I saw him work two jobs. So that that's actually a belief that I had to undo. And if I'm being totally honest with you, it's still something that I have to catch myself mm. making sure that it's not easy come, easy go. Because, um, you know, I grew up in a little bit of an, a, a scarcity household. My parents, um, you know, I was a middle-class family, but um, it my dad formed his worldview from the newspaper and the news. So there was fear-based scarcity um, sorts of um, ideas and, and thinking. So for me, it was like, well, um, there's not enough to go around. So you got to make sure you get your own um, work equals, you know, my self-worth. Um, so again, you have to, you know, cause, cause I see people all the time who are experiencing the fruits of life um, Money flows in very easily. They've got a very strong concept of the value that they provide and they're happy to um, let let the money flow in and out of their life in a way. And then I see other people who 
um, should have similar circumstances, and they continually um, they continually have derailers. So mm. it is it is it is very very powerful and very very critical that we understand what beliefs we have around money because um, knowledge and action aren't enough. I've seen it time and time again, mm. and as you said in the intro um, about a system that, that we adopt and any other system that, that mate there's not much to them they're pretty straightforward so there's something else that gets in the way um i just rewind to something you said at the start of that and that is uh, i thought it was really really useful that if you feel like you're going against the grain so if you had this clear plan yet it feels like there's this resistance piece or it's not natural there's something that's hard about it that's a really good indicator that there's some internal agreement you're breaking or some belief that's colliding with your action. And because it's hidden and from the subconscious, my experience of that is it's, it's always stronger. Um, you know, at least 90% of daily function is driven from the unconscious. So if you don't deal with that or don't change that, it will win. It will win every time. It will override the action plan. The moment you get tired, which we do, then the unconscious commitment comes out again and we're back to where we started. So really good thing to flag. When you feel it's hard, good chance to check in and go, what's that? What's happening here? What's what's going on beneath the surface? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Which is interesting, right? Because again, that sounds simple and easy, but self-awareness is a challenge. I I find that I'm sure you see that. Um, people resist having a look under the hood. What, what's your thoughts about why people resist that? Why do they avoid the personal development piece and um, think that this whole world of beliefs and insecurity and fear and story is a bit too scary to look into? What do you think is going on there? Well, it takes a bit of work, doesn't it? And, and, and also it, it requires you, to, and, you know, again, preaching to the choir, but it requires you to step into the pain rather than when, mm. when, we're, when we're naturally um, uh, wired to to avoid it right but um i i kind of remember that um even when i started working with you a number of years ago you you kind of think that um um you know i i engaged you i love the principles you talked about we worked together for a um a set period of time and then i remember thinking all right when i get to the finish line how together am i going to be right like there was a it was and the time frame that you and i were working on was it was an eight-week time frame and um I'm thinking in eight weeks, I am going to be like clear of insecurity. And then, and then the rude shock at the end of it was what, well, hang on a second. There's still more work to do here. And mm. um, so I, I, I go from understanding what, um, what, is, what is derailing me and what, what is causing me to be insecure about it being insecure to then having to implement that over a period of time and knowing that it's a, a long a, a journey. So, you're, you're a better place than me to answer why that is. But my, my yeah. observations is because it, it, in, a, in a world that, that wants instant gratification, it, it takes time and, um, and it takes commitment and it takes, um, it takes you doing something that, um, you know, it, it's, it's easy to, to kick back and uh, uh, invest in lifestyle, but sometimes you want to invest in yourself and that's, um, uh, and that, that's 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 odd for people to do, right? It is odd for people to do. The, there's an interesting thing that I see happen with people who begin a coaching process, and it's it almost happens every time. Um, and that is, 
there's this switch that happens in their pleasure pain association. So good old Tony Robbins, everything we do is motivated either by the avoidance of pain or pursuit of pleasure. And people typically start linking a lot of pain to looking under the hood and examining what's going on uh, and a lot of pleasure to comfort and safety of staying here and hiding and avoiding that. Um, but awareness leads to more choice. And if you have more choice, you make better choices. And so there's this really amazing fruit that happens when you go, oh my goodness, I just discovered something I've never seen before and I have the agency to change it. And when I change it, the impact on my life is positive. That felt wonderful. I wonder what else I could discover. I wonder what else I could shift. And all of a sudden, this, this idea of seeing and knowing yourself and even rebuilding the relationship with yourself becomes quite, quite pleasurable. And the idea of staying in the dark and hiding and avoiding that stuff becomes quite painful. And so this, these natural motivators seem to take over and you find yourself gravitating to more self-help books, more coaching conversations, more journaling exercises, more meditation, more reflection, and therefore more growth. And uh, that seems to be the, the, tra the trajectory people take when they taste the fruit of, of awareness. Um, hmm, cool. So, uh, all right. So in your experience, what do you think is the connection between a person's relationship with themselves and their relationship with money? How do you see that one play out? Uh, I think, I think, um, oh, complex, right? So the, you and I both subscribe to you referenced Tony Robbins before his six core needs. I think the, the, uh, um, the, the, the more that we are, we don't think we're enough, the more that we are likely to need to use money to satisfy the status that we're okay. So, okay. um, so for, for example, if you, if you derive significance externally, I, I've got a mate, right. Who's, who's been, um, he's been bankrupt twice. And I see, I see the patterns um, uh, continuing to evolve. And, I, and I, I think to myself, here's the head knowledge. This is what you need to do to actually not do that again. Um, but time and time again, um, a lot of people don't get bankrupt once, let alone twice. Um, and mm. what I've observed is, um, and is the fact that if he doesn't feel that he's enough, he needs to get significance externally. He gets ex uh, significance a lot by his his physical appearance so therefore he needs to have the latest clothes he needs to have the best haircut he needs to have a new car regularly he needs to buy a motorbike and it's loud and it's hotted up and <laughs> and, and so and, and so therefore um it's very difficult to serve two masters because if you're serving the master of um uh, uh you know stewarding your money very well you 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 will find it very difficult if you're serving the equal master of serving your lifestyle and your appearance and your need for significance externally. So, you know, I can't help but use the the, the frameworks that we've talked about over a number of years. But the more the more that you understand how you are deriving your significance uh, through external things and trying to and to trying to bring that back to deriving it internally, the less likely you are to need the latest jeans or the latest iPhone or the latest mm -hmm whatever it is that you get and you're better able to serve um your need to, to to again steward that money i've 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 made a lot of observations i've made a lot of observations particularly of people that that need that esteem through things and um they are generally 
the ones that struggle a lot because they can't they can't you know how do you describe it you, you you're you're gonna you're gonna serve these needs in a vacuum you're gonna serve them anyway whether it's resourcefully or unresourcefully mm -hmm. and if you don't have a better strategy they'll be unresourceful so mm -hmm. that's what i see a lot with money well um warren buffett came to mind when you're talking about that i don't know warren i'm not sure if you do um the, <laughs> the little i do know of him or i think i know about him is that he still lives in the same house He's lived in most of his adult life, still drives the same car. Um, he lives a very modest lifestyle. And uh, understanding a bit about his investment strategy over the years, it seemed very rational, non-emotional. He seems to have some key principles that he sticks to, uh, happy for the long haul. So it seems like he's, he's an example of someone who's actually quite secure. He doesn't need to prove anything. Uh, and because he's he's able to then treat money as a resource and he's already happy with his lifestyle happy with his possessions he's then free to have a really beautiful relationship with money and experience wonderful abundance and um, you know has become one of the most wealthiest men in the world and now uses his wealth to do incredible things uh, I was watching Netflix inside Bill's brain and just the relationship with Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and some of the philanthropic work they do um, it's really quite extraordinary. Thing. Well, mate, you've hit a, you've hit a very good point because I have I have recently watched Inside Bill's Brain, which is amazing, and the Oracle of Omaha, which is the the documentary for Warren Buffett, is is for someone who wants to really understand what the concept that you just talked about at a headline level is. They really should watch that because there's a scene where you, sh you show he's lived in the house that he's lived in for for many many years. This guy could buy any house in the world he wants. Yeah. And he still lives in this humble house. The only thing he splurges on is his um, his car. The, the The documentary shows how he drives through McDonald's every morning, and whether the, if the stock market's up, he treats himself to a I can't remember. It's a maybe a quarter pounder, and if it's down, he gets a cheeseburger. You know, this is a guy that has enough resource to never let anything worry him ever again about what he buys, and he and he remains humble. So it's it's someone who who, who has placed a value on money that's different to, to most of us. So I think, I think the message of, of today is um, the, the, the colliding of a couple of things, you know, one, one is around making sure our beliefs match up so that we can see life as abundance rather than scarce, but also too really, really dialing into the frameworks that, um, that you've built a platform around about understanding what makes you insecure identifying them and then um, building a strategy and an understanding around how you can make yourself more secure. So y you and I have worked together. I would say that um, I have made enormous strides in, you say people are insecure about being insecure. You know, for me, I feel like I, my knowledge and understanding is, is um, to a point where um, I'm satisfied that we're progressing, but I've still got a long way to go. And so I'm, I'm forever, looking for these markers around making sure that I'm secure about um, myself so that I don't then need to outsource um, how I, how I feel about myself. And um, uh, as a result, the, the, the money flow is, um, is so much better than mm. when I first started my career back in the late nineties, where I kept on finding that I'd get money and it would go, I'd get money and it would go, I'd get money and I hit a, a roadblock and it would go. And it was, um, it was frustrating. And it, and it was at that, that point where I realized, well, I'm getting the resistance here, what we talked about before. I'm getting the resistance here. So therefore, there must be something more to it because I, if, if I can't learn this lesson, I think I'm going to keep repeating this for the rest of my life. 
Yeah, well, that's that's so cool. Um, here's a question I, I didn't prep you with, but do you think a lot of people believe money can make them secure or that they they have this dream that security is found in money? If, you're, if I have more money, I will feel more secure about my existence. So therefore the hope is that money is going to save the day. I think, I think, so, so yes, I think people do think that. Uh, it's it's been proven that once you earn um, uh, in Australia, it's about seventy to eighty thousand dollars, right? Anything over that doesn't necessarily increase your happiness. So if you're on twenty thousand a year, more money actually increases your happiness because you can put better food on the table, you can put better shelter. But the, there comes a threshold where people just aren't actually it becomes diminishing return on happiness. Mm. So diminishing. So it's interesting. So more money can make you unhappier, mate. All, all the time I've seen it time and time again because people then think that well the next thing the next thing the next thing um, and it, it rarely ever um, rarely ever gives you any lasting um, feeling a uh, sense of great feeling I think people are chasing a feeling right so they want they want some feeling um, that they perceive so it's never it's never the Porsche or the jet um, they think that's what they're after right because that's that's the thing that that provokes a feeling but when they get there um they want the next thing the next thing so for me i reckon if you break down that um uh, you what we are actually after is a feeling of peace uh that peace can come from having not much um that peace can come from the same peace can come from being grateful about what you've got rather than grateful uh, about um wanting things that you don't have once once you break it down you realize that um uh, it's it's not the money, it's the feeling, and you can create the feeling where you are without needing to have all of the um, material resources to get that. But um, without that self awareness, we will keep chasing that. We will keep burning people, relationships, countries, create wars in the pursuit of it because most people don't get to that sense of self awareness around. Um, it's not the thing; it's the feeling that they're after. Wow, and the feeling. Peace. I, I don't know if I've ever heard it described like that, but I think you're right. This sense of peace. But you've been around plenty of people who have got lots of money, and they've got probably more stress. They've probably got more worries. They yeah. they they've got um, more the, the most beautiful home, um, but they don't have any real friends. Um, yeah. Like it, it, you know, there's 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 billionaires who can't find um, in their diary an opportunity to take a whole week off without without um uh you know their calendar melting down i mean as you being a billionaire and you can't take a week off yeah like, how's that for irony <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh yeah that was that was amazing like i i i love conversations that uh i get lost in because i just think what a beautiful thing to be able to talk about meaningful stuff and I just I value the way that you share that and frame that because I think that that is such an important way of understanding this. People suffer, they suffer needlessly because of chasing things they think are going to solve the real yearning desire for peace. And and I think money is a is a wonderful experience to have a very happy relationship with money is is one of the beautiful opportunities we have in life. And You've got incredible mechanics and systems around helping people do exactly that and um, are, are so well respected for your opinion and, and track record around that. Um, but if we're able to help people 
solve the real yearning of their hearts and come uh, into that space with peace already, then their capacity to really enjoy the experience of having more money and having more freedom with that money has got to increase, which is super exciting. Mate, I think if, um, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the opportunity to, uh, to riff it with you all the time, but um, uh, I, think, I think as I get, um, you know, I've spent the last 20 plus years in, in, in the money space, helping people, property, understand their finance. And um, I, was, I was pushing my son on the swing uh, on Sunday and um, I just, I just, that that point that I was discussing before was so fresh in my mind that, um, you know, the feeling that I had at that point in time was was the feeling that you're chasing when you when you're chasing money. I was pushing him on a swing. I didn't need to be anywhere, mate. I was for for those people who who know Australia, it was in Lawn, which is on the Great Ocean Road. So I was looking at this amazing landscape. Um, the sun was out. Um, I had my family around me and I just thought like, how good is this? I mean, this, this is it. This is where you've arrived. I remember, I remember um, uh, Keith Urban um, was, was being interviewed and he talked about how Nicole Kidman was on tour with him and um, he's, you know, she, she looked at him and he was getting ready for a concert and she, she just looked at him and she goes, just take a moment because um, just so you know, this is it. This is, this is what it is that you've worked for. Like it's not another concert. It's just you, you, you've, you've got everything you need. You, you don't have to prove it with another concert. You don't have to prove it with another record. And I remember him saying it fully grounded him and reminded him that it's not always about the chase. And um, uh, I think that um, for me, that's, that's, that's been huge in the last 12 months around. It's not about, it's not about the next thing. It's not about the chase. It's about, um, um, being grateful for what I've got. And um, uh, once I've understood it's about chasing the feeling, I see that feeling all the time. I see that feeling when I have a, a $5 ice cream with my, my kids or, mm. you know, it doesn't have to be a, a big purchase or a big splurge. And um, mate, I'm, I'm no saint. I still got work to do, mate. But um, I can assure you that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm more focused on the stuff that you do every day in my own world um, cause I, I know that that's where the dividends are the greatest. Um, uh, I'll, I'll see the world full of abundance. Money will continue to keep flowing. Um, and I won't need to prove, uh, myself worth by what I do and what I've accumulated, but I'm, 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 I'm still, I'm still human. I've still yeah, got sure. insecurities, but, um, yeah. I'm, I'm moving in the right, you know, certainly well and truly in the right space. Yeah. Amazing. Um, that feels like a, a really cool place to leave the conversation for today. There's, there's, uh, for, for those listening, this is something I hope to do every month because there's lots of stuff that we can talk about and explore all kinds of intricacies in how money and insecurity collide and uh, keep the conversation going so that this is top of mind for you and you find increasing ways of, of solving the peace problem so that you can then enjoy getting better at money and having more money and, and having the freedom that, that money brings. So thanks so much again for your time, Bryce. Uh, I'll have the links to the things we've mentioned in the show notes. And look, if you are someone who who is ready for the mechanics of improving the quality of your relationship with money, um, Bryce and Ben are the people that they're leading that conversation in Australia, if not in the world in, in many ways. So if you're looking at property investment, and, and if you are indeed after the idea of making money simple again, 
uh, get get the book. I'll put the links to where they can find you, Bryce, but it's not that hard to work out how to find you, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, look forward to talking again soon. Sorry, did I cut you off? Are you about to sign off with something witty? And, no, uh, no, I was just going to say thanks for the opportunity. I'm, uh, I'm excited about what we might be able to get done in uh, 2020 together. Um, you know, I, if, if anyone wants to go to makemoneysimpleagain.com.au, they can get a free digital version of that book. Um, so uh, for, your, for your listeners. But, um, mate, yeah, I reckon, I reckon we can do some cool stuff this year. So I'm looking forward to it. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, that's, let's do that. That's great. All right, we'll leave it there. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. I hope you found the content and conversations useful. And remember, you are not just the actor in the story, you are the storyteller. You have the ability to turn this all around. For more information about overcoming insecurity, check out theinsecurityproject.com.